La madre tierra militarizada, cercada, Mother Earth, militarized, fenced in, poisoned, a place where basic rights are systematically violated, demands that we take action. A woman on stage is delivering an address to a packed-out auditorium in San Francisco. She's accepting the 2015 Goldman Environmental Prize for exceptional bravery in environmental activism. Berta Cáceres. I dedicate this award to the martyrs who have given their lives to the struggle to defend our natural resources. I was in the audience that night. I met Berta through my work for the human rights organization Global Witness. I interviewed her about the threats and attacks she had suffered for opposing a dam project on her community's land. Berta had received death threats. She had been shot at and threatened with sexual violence. She was an incredibly strong and inspiring woman and a mother of four. Let's wake up, humankind. We're out of time. Ya no hay In March 2016, less than a year later, armed men broke into Berta's home in the middle of the night and shot her dead. More than 120 Hondurans have been killed since 2010 for defending their rights to their land. Countless more have been threatened, attacked or imprisoned. This makes Honduras the most dangerous country in the world to be a land or environmental defender. Sandwiched between Guatemala and Nicaragua on the Caribbean coast, Honduras is rich in natural resources, which has made it popular among industries like mining, logging and agribusiness. But much of the country's rural population depend on land, forests and rivers for their food or to earn a living, and have taken a stand against the companies moving in without their permission. This has been met with epidemic levels of violence. Here at Global Witness, we've just launched the results of our two-year investigation into the political and economic forces behind these killings. I'm Billy Kite. I head up our campaign on environmental defenders. And in 2016, I travelled to Honduras to meet some of the people who have lost loved ones, friends and colleagues, or have themselves been involved in disputes over land and natural resources. I landed in Honduras' capital city, Tegucigalpa. It's the seat of the right-wing government, which has made mining, agribusiness and energy projects a cornerstone of the country's economic growth strategy. There's a lot of money and power behind these projects. Our investigations revealed how some of the country's highest-ranking politicians and business people are profiting from them. These people are well-connected too. We found that state institutions like the judiciary, military or police are at best turning a blind eye to murders and human rights abuses and at worst, aiding and abetting them. I was headed for La Esperanza, four hours from the capital, where Berta Cáceres and the indigenous organisation she worked for, COPIN, were staging a protest against a dam project which had been built on her community's land without their permission. They had been protesting for several years. At one stage, construction was halted, but now the dam builders are back. So we're just entering now the site of the camp of the Copied Indigenous Organisation. 
who have been here now for a few weeks after the return of the hydroelectric power project DESA. Kapin are occupying a spot of land on the bank of the river. There's around 50 men, women and children here who stay here overnight for weeks on end to try and defend both the river and their lands from a dam project they were never consulted on. Um, some of the men are returning from the fields to come down to the camp to spend the night and the women are cooking around us to prepare the evening meal. The atmosphere was extremely tense at the dam site. With the river running below us and just over the bank there's uh, the head of the private security guard of the company who are filming us alongside three heavily armed policemen. One week ago uh, someone was shot twice in the back whilst returning from the campsite to their community at night and is currently in critical condition in hospital. The current leader of Copin is Thomas Gomez. He took over from Berta when she died. When I met him, she was still alive. We talked on a drive through the lush forest landscape of the indigenous Lenca people. The hitmen tell people, I'm going to kill this and that person. They have lists telling them to kill 20 people. And when they kill them, they tick their names off to show that their mission's accomplished. And there's a price on our heads. The price for Berta is somewhere between one and two thousand US dollars. For our comrades, it's around four to six hundred dollars. For me, it's five thousand lempiras. That's just over two hundred dollars to kill Thomas. Something he has to live with every day. This is far from the only place where activists are being threatened. 150 miles north of the Dessa Dam project is a controversial iron oxide mine belonging to wealthy businessman Lenier Perez. We're just arriving at the small mountain community of Nueva Esperanza, which has been embroiled in a mining conflict against one of Honduras' most wealthy businessmen, Lenier Perez. Activists have suffered threats, kidnapping, offers of bribes, one being $1 million to desist the activities, but so far they've held strong. Perez is an active supporter of the country's ruling party and has made public appearances with the president's wife. His mind has left a scar on a stunningly beautiful and fertile part of the country. The community has suffered landslides and flooding. Their water has been contaminated. Fish have died in their rivers. The company's license has since been suspended, but, as the community's lawyer Martin Fernandez told me, there's been no compensation for all the damage caused. We asked for compensation for the damage caused and called for the cancellation of their permit. Neither of those things have happened. We're just arriving at the mine site owned by Lenia Perez, whose security guard has just been released from jail for kidnapping two human rights observers and threatening the local population. We're about to interview a woman whose house was surrounded by armed men. Concepcion Gutierrez 
lives in the house closest to the mining site. She was intimidated. She refused to be moved and was and threatened. They kidnapped members from her household to try and get her to sell her land to build the iron oxide mine. We met her at her home after an uphill hike in sweltering heat. We are here in the village of Esperanza de la Florida de la Atlántica, on the grounds of Lenia Perez's company, La Victoria. He tried to force us to sell our land to him. Because we refused, there was a kidnapping in my house. Some of his workers came to kidnap two foreigners from Switzerland and France that I had staying in my house. They took them by force. They took them out of my house. I am the owner of this house. This is where the kidnapping happened, just because we didn't sell our land. On the way back from the mine site, we passed the house of the kidnappers. Back at where Martin Fernandez had parked his car, someone had written in the dust on the window, get the fuck out. Stories like these find echoes across the country, and now's a critical time for them to be heard. The Honduran government is proactively courting investors from overseas in exactly these industries. From the capital, Tegucigalpa, the US embassy has been promoting US investment in Honduras's mining industry. US giant Electrum is already planning a $1 billion investment. Honduras may be open for business, but until local activists are safe enough to participate in decisions about how the land they depend on is used, and until perpetrators of violence are held to account, investors should stay well clear of Honduras's natural resources sector. The death count continues to rise. Since returning to London from Honduras, three of the people I met have been murdered. In October 2016, Thomas Gomez, who you heard from earlier, had just survived an attempt on his life. I gave him a call to see how he was coping. Yes, yes, I'm all right. It's been hard, but today I'm a bit more stable. I think it was a warning, you know, as if to say, if you keep fighting, we will kill you. The same thing happened to Berta in 2013. They made various attempts on her, including firing in the air, and every time they got closer to actually assassinating her. It's hard to reconcile yourself to the fact that it may be your last day, your last moment, you know? But my spirits are up again. We keep on going. Despite everything, we keep on going. To find out more about Global Witness's work, go to www.globalwitness.org/defenders.